everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. I am so excited for today's conversation because we're bringing in not only an old friend and colleague of mine in Virginia's, but also a breast cancer survivor. If any of you have called our office, you'll recognize her voice, Mrs. Randy Lee Harris. Thank you for talking with us on this topic, specifically in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Thank you, Natalie, for inviting me. It's an honor to be here. This is so exciting. I'm, I'm going to have so much fun with this. It is. Well, there's a great story behind Randy Lee's story. So I'll let you give our listening audience a little bit of background. Virginia and I are, we are homeschool moms. We started the journey nearly the same time. And I met her as the registrator for an IEW writing workshop. And Virginia showed up. And the moment I met her, I knew I've always known her. And I knew it was going to be a lifelong friendship. And that began our friendship. And we partnered in home educating our children over the next several years. And I became the beneficiary of her wisdom and her discernment because my life, like so many others, uh, is not perfect. And we have our own challenges, our conflicts, issues with family and friends. And she was always there to listen and to offer me sage advice, even times when it was hard to receive. And even one of my sons said to me one day, leaving her house, Mrs. Dixon can say the hardest things you don't realize until you're a mile away that she hit you with a velvet glove. (laughs) And he just nailed it. I've never known anybody that can say hard things in ways you can receive. And it's because you know she loves you. Yeah, I was going to say, it's easy when you love people. And I think it's easy when we can recognize our own brokenness, right? In the lives of those we love. I think when we can listen, I always say, hear with our ears, but listen with our heart. Amazing things are possible. But in the course of a very difficult time in your life, I know you received that tough diagnosis of cancer, and I wanted you to talk a little bit about that. Well, it began with having dropping pulse rates and heart rates, and I thought, well, that's strange, and I was told, well take a 24-hour saliva collection test, and it showed that I was in adrenal failure. So I went to Dr. Keneally at the Center for New Medicine, where you once worked, and they ran some very advanced uh, diagnostic energetic tests, which are now very commonplace. And the profile showed that I had a cancer profile. And I was not expecting that. I knew I had a lump on my breast, but I hadn't really thought about it being anything serious. So Dr. Keneally, being cautious about invading the body, used energetic testing and other non-invasive tests to conclude that it was actually, in fact, a four-centimeter breast tumor that was cancerous. Wow, that was a critical time in the sense that time is of the essence, right? When we're not feeling well, we're in in these states of dis-ease, there's all these other symptoms that are indicating something else is going on in the body. But for an experienced doctor to 
really choose an alternative route than the conventional biopsy route. What a gift. It was pretty advanced thinking. She even told yeah, she even told me that this technology at that time would not be allowed to d- diagnose cancer or she could risk losing her license. I don't think that's the case now. Wow. How but many years ago was that? That was in 2004. And you and I were actually teaching That's right. at a community home education school. We were both teaching junior high and senior high. I was teaching history and you were teaching worldview. So I was preparing for that when I learned about that. But I wasn't afraid because I have known Dr. Keneally since 1989, and she's always told me, Randy Lee, if you can just get these people in before they get cut up and before they start throwing all these poisons at them, this can easily be turned around. And through, through detoxification modalities. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because we were laughing about that this morning. Yeah. Well, the first thing I said is, well, what would you do if you were me? She said, I'd be in the next plane to Germany. And at that time, the Germans had the most advanced non-invasive treatments. And I said, well, you know, I can't do that. I'm homeschooling my three kids. Can we do it here? And she said, yes, but promise me if it doesn't change in six months, you'll go. So thus began the process of detoxification and deacidification, things we had been talking about as friends for years. And there was really nothing else. They didn't have any IV treatments. They didn't have the light therapies they do now. They didn't have any of the things they do today. It was deacidify, detoxify. So three days a week, I was in the infrared sodas. I did the foot detoxes. I did bath soaks. I changed my diet radically. And within six months, the breast tumor was completely gone. So I never really identified as a cancer survivor because I never thought of it that way. So it's okay, well, we just need to clean the body up and let it heal. But I think in retrospect, probably one of the most significant parts of my healing, two things. One, I was in adrenal failure. So my body was not producing cortisol, and I was not as acidic as I would have been if I was in a state of fight or flight. And Virginia, as a brain state technologist, you understand what that means. Mm -hmm. When you're in a state of fight or flight, your body's highly acidic because it's producing cortisol 24-7. And I was not in that case. But the second thing I think that was significant Mm. was the ongoing conversations you and I have had over the years. My struggles with my parents and my siblings and my husband, and I had a very difficult child to raise. He's a very hard kid. And by the way, you were significantly impactful in Mm. changing his life. We talked about those things as friends and your wisdom and your gift of intuition and God just guiding you gave me such good understanding and application that I was able to apply those things into my life and change myself and I think resolved a lot of the conflicts that maybe I had. Mm-hmm. We didn't call it that at the time, <clears throat> but learning to reconcile relational things, whether it was in my past, whether it was with my, my family of origin or whether it was in my current family. Little did we know at that time that we would almost, what, 15, 20 years later, that we would have all these diagnostic tools to prove that, in fact, that's true. Right. And thank you for just being so open and sharing all that with us, because it's true. I want the listening audience to grasp the power of rest, stepping into those tough places with people we love, 
and people we trust and people that we consider wise to examine the life of our heart, the role of those relationships, the meaning of those images that really form that neuro tapestry in the brain, right? Right. And the value of our story. I think when those components and those things come together, amazing things happen. Intuitively, we did what we could with what we had, but we certainly stepped into tough conversations about complicated things and rolled up our sleeves and did the hard thing as friends. And it's been a joy, by the way, to come alongside of you and watch you blossom as a woman, as a wife, and as a mother and tirelessly pursue the truth in all things and of all things. And that's why I invited you to come here and collaborate with us in bringing form and structure to rest so that we could scale this and the message of rest could reach thousands. In fact, we've seen the fruit of it in the healing process. I certainly did at the clinic working alongside some amazing doctors. I've seen the fruit and the redemptive value of rest and helping people heal. We do ourselves a disservice when we don't take into account very sensitive, emotional things that have deep roots in our family systems. It can be a difficult process because not everyone is up for the task sometimes within our families. So our friends become really important, I think. Our friends in our community become very important. And it was instrumental in healing for you. Absolutely. I was not able to have intimate and honest conversations with any of my nuclear family. So you were my best friend and sister. (laughs) You still are. And I'm grateful. Thank you. As I am for you. I think we've all, we've both learned in this pilgrimage after working on this for so many, many, many years is that sometimes we put a heavy burden on our relatives and on our families, and it's one they can't carry. When in fact, we need to reconcile these conflicts within ourselves. Well, who can you go to when you're having marital issues? And you can't talk to your husband because he's the problem, or maybe I'm the problem, I just don't know it. (laughs) You can't tell your kids because they can't bear it. So... To have someone like you, my dear friend, who saw us all regularly, saw the dynamics in our family, warts and all, and was able to listen with a heart. You saw my view, you saw my husband's, and to be able to give me such wise insights. And and not just that, you would give me word choices. I wouldn't even know how to address something. How do I say that? I can never say it like you do. And you would teach me how to think and reason through these things. I will never forget bringing a book to you. I was so excited about reading. Mm-hmm. Do you remember I that remember. book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you started reading a page, and you literally tore that paragraph apart in a way no one had ever shown me before to show me how to reason through this biblically. It was an eye-opener, an absolute eye-opener. And from that point forward, it has taught me how to read much more critically to apply my views, my the biblical views I embrace to those things. 
And so that's just one little tiny facet of what you've contributed to my life. I remember clearly reading that book and I had to put it down for 24 hours because (laughs) I thought I was being critical Mm. and I was not approaching it with the right heart. And I picked it up a few days later and I remember reading two, three chapters into the book and realizing that in fact, my first observations were correct that the author was deeply conflicted within herself and she was not reasoning from principles. And the points she was making were in conflict with just fundamental truths, laws of nature, things that were self-evident and appealed to our natural affection. But she was such a good writer that it was, her work was compelling. Yeah, but, really emotional. And that's what really got my attention was, wait a minute, I was getting caught up in this persuasion of emotion and it sounded so good. And you said, wait, 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 we need to go back and look at this. What is true and what is not? And it's like, oh my gosh, I have never thought of that before. Mm -hmm. And yet I was very solidly grounded in biblical principles, but I'd never applied it to reading a book like this before. Well, when we're dealing with states of disease and we're getting conflicting opinions, right, from doctors, we, by necessity, I think, become skilled mm-hmm. at reasoning and weighing these difficult things out. But when we're reading casual books on marriage, on relationships, on family, there's so many things that tickle our ears. Our guard is down. Our guard is down. And we're so hungry for a new perspective that sometimes we don't see that that material is perhaps causing more harm than good in the long run. And I think we've lived the pilgrimage of rest in the context of our relationship and in a 25-year-long friendship. And we both reasoned how it was instrumental in helping you heal from cancer. Yes, I would agree. The relationships we have and how we look at those in light of Scripture, what we believe spiritually, and what are the truths that we know we need to apply And so we did that in life. We didn't necessarily call it relational, emotional, and spiritual truths that we build our foundations on, but our foundations were built on that. And God showed you how to refine those ideas and to bring them into a place of application that we just did life and it was intuitive, but you, God used you to make it concrete and understandable and replicatable and this is what we talk about all day long now, but I look back over the years of our life and I just see how God wove those patterns of truth into relationships. So it has been tested in the fire of life. Yeah. So we know they work. Yes. I want to say one thing really quick, because I know a lot of people are going to want to know what that book was that you are reading so they can go and look for it and digest it. But I know that we also don't want to throw anyone under the bus, no. whether it's an author, whether it's a family member, whether it's anything. Because that's not that. the point. Exactly. The point that's not is the point. us learning how to reason well. Yes, exactly. And then I also have a question for you because we've talked a lot about cancer in general and, and breast cancer specifically for this month of awareness. And Virginia's talked about before how usually about a year in advance of the cancer diagnosis, there's usually some sort of like triggering event that happens that starts that process or that that snowball effect. So I was wondering if there was a specific event that happened a year prior that then led to the diagnosis, or do you think that it was something that happened 
over time from all of the unreconciled conflict, just more details in regards to the diagnosis. Well, and let me add another thing. Of course, the emotional constitution of disease is absolutely irrefutable. Right. So if we understand the emotional constitution of various diseases, we can know how to, how about this? We can be inspired to figure out how to resolve those things so we don't become sick. Yeah, prevent it. Preventive, right. But there's also environmental factors involved that I don't want to be negligent in addressing. Of course. Nevertheless, I have seen the reconciliation of those emotional things be completely transformative. And I think that was the case here with Randy Lee. Mm. And I do remember a triggering event of that period. Do you? I think at that time I was dealing with some really serious deceptions going on in my family of origin. Mm. Lies Mm -hmm. that my mother was saying about me and that was passed around amongst my two sisters. Lies about me and my husband and we had no knowledge about it. And it was only years later when my younger sister had the courage to say, did you say this about me? And did you say this about Kathy? And I was flabbergasted. So I think that probably the just the rejection of my nuclear family and finding out lies that were said about me that were just devastating. And my husband was also, and Virginia said this over and over again, by the way, my husband passed away eight years ago. But his behavior showed depression. And I was not in a place where I recognized that. I just saw that he would come home, he'd be exhausted, he would disconnect from everybody, he, he overate, he had no energy, he wouldn't work out, he just slept. And he was in a very high-pressure job. He was a vice president, creative director in advertising, and he made national commercials. He's got hundreds of them online that people could look up. But Virginia really nailed it in the end. He was depressed, and he worked in a very high-pressure job. So he was very disconnected in many ways Mm. from the family and being a home educating mom, you know, a lot on my shoulders. And we were also, Virginia and I were also involved in a company that made, we help people make personal books. So between working in that industry and then also educating our children and then also taking on the responsibility of teaching a class, those were just a lot of pressures that I would, I chose to take on way too much that I should not have. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the perfect storm for adrenal failure because I just, my body was in state of fight or flight until it literally burned out my adrenals. Right. And that's when I went to the doctor and that's when all of this came out. So I think that there were predominantly, I think it was my nuclear family, not my, my marriage and my children, but that contributed to it. Yeah, and I want to keep connecting this back to what Dr. Homer talks about in regards to specifically which breast, according to the specific traumas, which which breast was the tumor? It was on my left side. Left side. Mm -hmm. Which would go back to my family of origin, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. It's predictable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I want to remind our listening audience that feelings buried alive, they never die. And understanding the emotional constitution, the emotional expression of those feelings is instrumental in healing the body. These are not easy transactions. I understand that. It's difficult. However, it's necessary and it is fruitful. And reconciling these conflicts and reconciling even the narratives, the confusing narratives, like in Randy Lee's family situation, 
it's life-giving. Yeah, you'll cry, and yes, there's pain, and yes, there's sadness, but respect everyone's liberty, their capacity to digest everything in their own time and in their own way as they are able. And if we can learn to do that, I think we really... We honor ourselves. Yeah, I think we honor ourselves and each other. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't require words or language or being in touch all the time. It's this quiet, peaceful recognition that there's something sacred in our common humanity and there's a complexity there. And we need to give everyone the grace and the time to process it in their own way. For example, when Randy Lee received that diagnosis, she went into this real quiet, peaceful place and she did everything she had to the detoxification processes as she described and while she did all those things she did life Mm -hmm. she still prepared her curriculum she taught she took care of her family she still navigated the complexities of the family dynamic and somehow in the midst of it of course we had incredible conversations and we talked through very difficult things it was really, we. I worked through this rest matrix with her, and it was amazing to watch the transformation in you, Randy Lee, as a person and as a mom and as a wife. Did it happen overnight? No. But I'll tell you what did happen. The body released toxins, and so did the soul yeah. and the mind and the heart, and I think that is at the root of healing. I think that's a necessary component of healing. And I think that's a really good note, too, if there's anyone that's listening to this and maybe comparing their personal journey or story to, you know, not only Randy Lee's story, but also to Delissa, who was on last week. And then, of course, with Liliana just talking about everything that she's taught people over the years on on how to go about changing their life in order to help detoxify and do all of those things. I know it's really easy to compare, but just because the stories might not be the same does not mean that what worked for that one person will not work for you. That's right. And this isn't about comparison. This is about listening to the advice you're given, paying close attention to what you feel inclined to do, and recklessly doing it. And for Randy Lee is, I'm not flying to Germany. I'm going to do everything I can here. And after I've done everything I can, then I'm going to rest in that and let my body do what only it can do. And it worked. And I will say you caught it early. Yes. Well, we did not invade the biome. It was There was nothing invasive. And if that's one thing Dr. Keneally told me over and over again, you did not invade it. You are releasing cancer cells now, which will be circulating cancer cells, and then it's been released into your system. So don't ever do that. And so having her as my doctor for years, it didn't even occur to me. I just knew, having had many conversations with her, she knew what she was doing, and I was going to do what she asked me to do, and I did it. It worked. And sometimes, by the way, Natalie, biopsies are necessary mm-hmm. in other cases. but Well, at that time... All we had was the MSTA blood test, which shows the percentage of corrupt stem cells in your body, and thermograms, which is a heat-generated ultrasound. 
that was all we had. And energetic testing, which at that time was in, in its infancy. But I had a four centimeter tumor that couldn't be denied. Mm-hmm. And, and I had some other little weird growths, you know, like moles and things are popping up. They literally all disappeared. With a detox. They all disappeared. But it required me doing colon cleanses every night for months and months and months and doing bath soaks and infrared saunas and foot detoxes and completely changing my lifestyle. You know me, I was the ever ready bunny. I would be up until one and two in the morning preparing and be up again at six. Wow. And it just forced me discipline. It does require to say discipline. no. Mm-hmm. It forced me to only do one thing a day. And you were a mother of triplets too. So, and I was, we were doing everything. We just, I wanted them to have a great childhood. So we were always on the go. Right. We had to really work hard to keep our social side down so we could do our schoolwork. Mm-hmm. But I had to literally change. I couldn't, you know, God brought me to my knees. I was an adrenal failure. I had no energy to do anything. Yeah. By the way, I think adrenal failure. That was a gift from God. It was. It forced me to stop. But that's very common. Yeah, it is. Especially nowadays. I feel like it's happening in people younger and younger. Even people my (laughs) age are starting to experience it. Absolutely. Randy Lee, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. And Natalie, thank you for moderating Before we close, I'd like to remind everyone about our 40 days of rest. We just finished our initial launch and we're heading for our second 40 day of rest. Module one, we did decide that we were going to create a certification program because of the response and the interest. So the first module, module one is for exposure Module two is education. We're going to try to go a little bit deeper. And module three will be for application. Mm -hmm. So exposure, information, education, and application is the third module. And then after, people should have the resources to have these meaningful, redemptive conversations around rest. Can I and take it thing? to their respective spheres of influence. Yeah. I just want to encourage the listeners. When you call into our office, I want you to understand that we have walked the walk. Mm-hmm. I am a licensed technician for brain state. I understand all the parameters of the brain. I have been personally counseled by Virginia throughout the last 20 plus years of our relationship. I have watched my relationships heal. I've watched me heal. I've watched... One of my sons shouldn't even be alive today, and he is soaring now. And I would say a huge percentage of that is because he felt safe with her. So when you call, I understand. Mm -hmm. Nobody in this team is just an employee. Mm -mm. We are part of this mission because it's our life. And so when you call, know that we understand, and we have a lot of compassion for you, and we really do want to help you. 100%. Thank you. Thank you both so much. All right. If anyone missed out on our last 40 days of rest and would like to participate, our next event begins on October 28th. You can find all the information under our events tab on virginiadixon.com. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.